0: Don't move. You're listening to Harpy Hour. We just want to share another awesome podcast with you first. So check these guys out and stay tuned for this week's episode of Harpy Hour.
1: Mom, Dad, you ready? What's your review gonna be on?
2: We're reviewing breakfast.
1: Oh, you mean like IHOP or Jimmy Dean sausage?
2: No, like having breakfast. Oh, gross. It's the most important meal of the day, Allison.
0: Breakfast is gross. Who can eat that early? Well,
2: you've essentially starved your body for eight hours, so you're being cruel to your body. Well,
1: and since when do you eat breakfast anyway, Paul? You don't get up until 11, like a damn teenager. Excuse me, this damn teenager gets up at 7. You might be a bit more
2: pleasant in the morning if you actually ate something. Really, Paul?
1: Yeah, You know really. that's because I, I need mean, coffee in the
2: morning. You...
1: you can't blame a soul for trying. So, there's your review of the importance of breakfast. If you can call it that. That was my parents, Alison Baxter and Paul Ellis. I'm Coral Baxter Ellis, and you can catch our podcast, Deconstructive Criticism, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Harpy Hour may contain explicit language, as well as graphic, violent, and sexual content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Harpy Hour! The harpiest of all the hours of the day! Aloha.
2: That was laid back.
1: lackluster. <laughs> <laughs> Steph did not commit to that aloha at all. Eh. It's that kind of day? Okay, cool. Oh, all right, cool, Yeah, cool. we
2: only have a lot of this to do, that's fine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> daylight savings time is for sure not kicking our asses. It's fine.
2: Steph is not affected
1: by daylight. That's
0: true. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. No, never it's mind. just an hour later than usual for me. I'm not affected by daylight saving times at all. Well, never mind. Fuck you then. <laughs> Where are the harpies? <laughs> I'm Tracy. I'm Liz. I'm Steph, and I'm well rested.
1: God We're all it. tired. <laughs> <laughs> Everything Ugh. is awful. Set your clocks on fire. The mainlanders are very tired.
0: <laughs> Speaking of everything is awful. Oh, yes. After this episode, I am uh, making us take a 10-minute a break. Because we have, have a marathon
1: recording session, listeners. Yeah, for today. I, have a,
0: I have shit to deal with. Oh dear. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, <clears throat> I got into my car after my shift at work, and I saw a roach on the windshield. Oh. One of those little, like, half-inch guys. Like, not one of the giant ones. Aren't there roaches everywhere in Hawaii, though? Yeah, that's just a Hawaii
2: thing. So I
0: was, like, gross, and I went to go spray the stuff. Windshield white. Wait, wait, on the inside or on the outside? Well, that's when I realized it was on the inside. Ah. No. Yeah, that's worse. I had already, like, blacked out of my parking spot by the time I saw this fucker. So I Mm. was like, oh, shit. So Mm. I rolled my car back in very slowly. Sure. And I had a bunch of tissues on the, on the floor of the passenger side. But oh no, I see I didn't where this wanna, is going. <laughs> could not reach over. Could not get myself to reach over to get it. So I got out of the car, uh-huh. went around, grabbed the tissues, went back to my side because it was on the driver's side windshield. Uh, this is not where I thought this was going. Go ahead. <laughs> I
1: thought you were going to lean over. No,
0: no, no. Went to go hit it. It got away. I couldn't find it. I was like, fuck, okay. I got to drive home like this.
2: Okay. I just really hope I would like to interject to... Guess where this is going. I hope it ends in the reason why we need to take a break is because you need to talk to your insurance company because you set your car on fire.
0: Yes! <laughs> no, <that> it? <laughs> it's not it. Oh. Or
2: you smashed something through your windshield in an attempt
1: to kill the
0: Mm-mm. cockroach.
1: <laughs> I thought you were gonna like get into some you were gonna get into like a fender bender or something no. because you were reaching for the tissues. I
0: the next day, the little fucker was back.
1: Okay. And brought friends.
0: No. So I tried to smash it. This time I had the tissues ready in the cup holder. Tried to smash prepped. it. It fell. And then I couldn't find it. So obviously I didn't kill it. It got away. So it's somewhere in the car. Right. So I was like, shit. All right. The car's totaled. The car's, the car's totaled. <laughs> the car's totaled. Okay. <laughs> but... I kept an eye out every time I got in my car, didn't see anything, didn't see the bug again. I'm like, oh, hopefully this fucker wasn't pregnant. So at this point,
1: you're looking for a cockroach corpse. Is that correct?
0: Or just a cockroach. Maybe it's still alive. I mean, I never have any food in my car, so I don't know what it was eating. Maybe the tissues, they like cardboard and paper and shit. Oh, then, yeah. So anyway, a week or so later, I see one again on the window and I smash it. And then after smashing it, I realized... It's a different color. Yeah, it's not which the same. One. Means it's, it's not, not the, same. the same roach. Which now means I have a roach problem in my car. Oh no! Oh. So oh, I purposely no. started looking around my car every night to like see if I see any. And uh-huh. I see I've saw like two little baby roaches, and I was like, "All right, fuck this."
2: They're mating and replicating. Oh. Yeah,
0: or the one—the first one was pregnant, and I never caught her. Oh no! So. I schedule to get my car exterminated and I go to the car wash and like vacuum everything up. Like mm-hmm. have them vacuum the inside, wash the outside. And so today was the first day they could get me in to do mm-hmm. the extermination. And how long ago was this? This is a couple weeks ago. I saw two weeks ago was when I saw the first
1: roach. Okay. All right. So it's been two weeks.
0: Yeah. So two two weeks ago, maybe two and change, something like that. I don't okay. know. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so I vacuumed the whole car out. I've seen a couple babies since then. But today's the only day they could get me in. Like, as soon as they could get me in, they said 1.15. I was like, fuck it, I gotta do it. Like, mid-harpy hour, I'm gonna get the car exterminated. (laughs) So they're coming to the house. I'm at my friend's house because they can't do it in my apartment complex garage. So they're gonna come here. I'm gonna meet them. Be like, this is the car. Here's the keys. Do what you gotta do. They're gonna do their thing and leave. So pretty much, I just have to, like, go outside and greet Greet them. them. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So it won't take long. But And then I have to wait four or five hours before I can drive the car. Because otherwise, like, toxic waste sure. in there sure so i'm just recording in my friend's apartment right now or his house right now Well, it's
2: a good thing we have hours of content we need to cover today exactly, exactly.
1: <laughs> it's a good thing it's our marathon recording day
0: that is why i have to take a little break okay. between episodes i think it timed out well it's one fifteen, and we have I'll allow 50 it. minutes i guess listen i can't wait any longer <laughs> every time i get in that car i'm like Searching around, holding my breath. I'm going to get into an accident sooner or later.
1: I'm shocked that you didn't, like, take it to the dealer and are like, well, this is done. Like, yeah. I would like I a, new a new vehicle. <laughs> Thank you for replacing my vehicle,
0: sir, sir does or madam. My, does my car insurance cover this? Geico. Yeah.
1: I gotta it's say, so the no.
2: Roach thing is a big negative, a big check in the con column for Hawaii for me. me.
0: Mm-hmm, and Eric, mm-hmm. Eric's car is always disgusting. Like, the number of times I get in his car and have to move a Red Bull can and multiple cheese stick wrappers yep. off of my seat. And that's he's like, how men. did you get roaches? And I didn't. I'm like, I don't know.
1: It's not fair. <laughs> that's, that's just men, and there is no justice in the world.
0: I know. He got himself a little garbage can for his car, and he doesn't use it. He still throws shit everywhere.
1: I have a cute little pink one on my driver's seat. It's just me in the car, so, like... Mm-hmm. anyway. So, yeah.
0: that's well, That's my... That's why right. everything is awful story of the day. Okay. Burn it down. Yes. The consequence of living in paradise. Yes. Tracy, do you have something happier you want to talk about today? I mean, I
2: don't know if happier is the word we want to use. <laughs> uh, this is harpy hour, not happy hour. Uh,
0: happy harpy hour.
1: I could use a happy hour right now. Today, I am going to discuss... You cut school on Ash Wednesday. So nobody will ask. It's an altar boys reference. Any guesses? <laughs> something to do with Catholicism.
2: Sure. Yeah, is. Only because you already told us that you've learned something new that you didn't already
1: know about true. Catholicism recently. True. Yeah, but that could have so, just been some random that been anything she found. Exactly. That could have been anything. But yes, it does have to do with
0: Catholicism. Let's get going. I'm going to learn a lot of things today. Okay, today
1: we are going to talk about the Catholic Wars.
0: Dun, the dun, Crusades. Dun. Woohoo! Are we talking the about the Crusades? Wars. Wasn't that a Catholic war? I mean, no. No.
1: <laughs> the short answer history is history is not my strong suit. No. Or okay. religion, and especially historical religion. Well, <laughs> buckle your seatbelts, kids. So. With Thanksgiving coming up this Thursday, not this Thursday as we record, but when this airs, we'll be remembering white religious people trespassing, then killing indigenous populations. But don't worry, white religious people kill each other, too. That's what this segment's all about. So
0: not a happier topic. No.
1: Cool. Cool. Also, before we get going, I would like to give a special shout out to Cousin James, who listens and inspired this segment sounds like james should be giving at the 20 dollar level on patreon
0: it does doesn't it what the fuck
1: when i told james James. about this topic which i referred to as the catholic wars in my text he said and i quote you'll have to be more specific catholics versus barbarians catholics versus muslims catholics versus protestants catholics versus catholics catholics versus the consequences of their own actions catholic on catholic (laughs) crime it's true it's true this is not catholic on catholic c- crime let's get into the wayback machine to our favorite century
2: 1800s yeah considering that this is about catholicism that's not nearly as far back as i thought we were gonna go
1: yeah this is a uh, true is yeah semi-recent catholic history semi we're also going to our least favorite hockey team in our favorite state of the union Philadelphia, Pennsylvania.
0: <laughs> Fuck a, the uh, Flyers. Okay, I was gonna say what is their hockey team, but thank yes. you. The Flyers. Fuck the Flyers. Okay. Does
1: hockey have anything to do with it? Absolutely or is that not. Just a dig.
0: That's just like segue.
1: I want Philadelphia to know that they're on the inferior side of Pennsylvania. That's all. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, okay.
0: Philadelphia listeners. No,
1: they're fine. They know they live in a trash town. It's fine. Okay. A.K.A. the Philadelphia Nativist Riots or the Philadelphia Prayer Riots. Here's some background you need to know ahead of time. Okay, so in Ireland at this point, reports of a fungus affecting crops was starting to appear in the headlines. Oh, specifically potatoes? Yes. This fungus would eventually lead to the Great Famine about a year later. But the reports are coming up at this point. Mm hmm. The U.S. was becoming more industrialized and therefore attracting immigrants from everywhere, seeking new opportunities, particularly those escaping the deteriorating food situation in Ireland. Mm. The, quote, Native Americans, that is in big quotes a.k.a. white people born in the U.S., predominantly Protestant. No, we don't have time to break down why that name is super problematic and why they gave it to themselves.
0: So they were referring to themselves, the white people, as Native Americans. To the white Protestants
1: as Native Americans, yes, because they were born in America. Who makes that reference? The Protestants, to themselves. They themselves. They are
0: calling themselves the Native Americans. We
1: will later call them nativists because that's more accurate Mm, yeah but that's what they refer to at themselves as okay Uh, okay okay so these quote native americans were getting tired of the irish immigrants coming over with their willingness to work jobs that no one else wanted to and their catholicism so the tension in the mixed suburbs was like reaching a fever pitch. And I know that that is a very unfamiliar situation that none Mm -hmm. of us have any way to relate to.
0: They took our jobs. Yeah, the jobs you don't (laughs) want. Anyway,
1: historian Elizabeth Geffen said, quote, these new arrivals, impoverished, unskilled, and Catholic, immediately confronted an ancient enemy, the Protestant Scotch-Irish, longtime resident in Philadelphia, proud of their in-status, mostly skilled workers, and ready, eager, and able to renew the political, economic, social, and religious feuds of the old country, unquote. Don't worry, you guys. We didn't put the Irish in internment camps or cage their children as they crossed the border. Mm. They're white people, so this was handled differently. There are just too many damn Irish Catholics around, so the native-born Protestants who big reminder, are also fucking Irish, <laughs> started forming anti-Catholic and nativist groups in their communities. So, August 26th, 1842.
0: Can I ask a question? Sure. You said that they are also Irish. Mm-hmm. How far removed are they from the, their ancestors that came here? Like is this like a generation later? Two generations, maybe two. Two maybe. generations. So like their grandparents came, came from over. Ireland. Yeah. Maybe. Wow. Might even be
1: their parents. Jeez. <laughs>
0: so yeah. Okay. Yeah, so like pretty they've, bad. It's pretty pretty bad to call yourself a native when your grandparents are immigrated. Not. Yeah. Yeah. That okay. makes you
1: second or that makes you third generation, right? No, second, second generation. generation. Second generation. Yeah. Anyway, Not
0: native. Native has a different
1: connotation. Sure does. Okay, August 26th, 1842. An anonymous arsonist sets fire to the Philadelphia and Reading Railroad Bridge, which is a bridge that crosses the Susquehanna River, connecting Cumberland and Harrisburg, and both of those were part of Philadelphia proper at the time. So they set fire to a pretty important bridge that crosses the river. And the Irish Catholics in the area were immediately blamed. And the nativist community felt super empowered to create the Protestant Institute. The Protestant Institute distributed anti-Catholic literature and published anti-Catholic newspapers. They were essentially that era's direct mail super PAC trying to convince people that Catholics were dangerous. They were less than human, etc., etc. You know, propaganda machine. Mm Mm-hmm. couple months later, November 10th, 1842, Philly's Irish Catholic Bishop Francis Kenrick writes a letter to the Philadelphia Board of Controllers about the public schools in the area. So the bishop asks that Catholic students be allowed to use the Dewey Bible rather than the standard Protestants King James Bible for their lessons. And this is The part that, for the record, I grew up in Catholic school for 13 years and had no idea what the difference between these Bibles was.
0: I was about to ask, what is the difference?
1: I'm so glad you asked because I have an answer. The King James Bible, which is the Protestant Bible, that translation was commissioned in 1604 and was published in 1611 by the Church of England, which, as you may recall, was founded so that King Henry VIII could divorce Catherine of Aragon and marry slash fuck Anne Boleyn.
0: Ah, yes, 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 I
1: do recall. The Douay-Rheims Bible, nicknamed the Douay Bible, that was translated by English College Douay at the request of the Catholic Church in 1610. So remember, the other one came out in 1611. But it was commissioned in 1604, so they knew it was coming. So the Catholics were like, better beat them to publication. Get it out in 1610. So that observant Catholics wouldn't be using the Bible translated because of some sinner King Henry's quest to bang his courtier. Hashtag petty level a (laughs) thousand. They
2: didn't reference the... The Douay Bible specifically, but in the Netflix show like Midnight Mass, because it's littered with just so many biblical right. references, there is um, like a conversation that happens in the schoolhouse about like the different versions of the Bible and
1: how they're just like catered to different people's needs, yeah. like by request. It's literally just an audience change. Like they have the original Latin one or quote-unquote original latin one and then those two bibles that i mentioned are english translations off of that latin text
0: it's all the same
1: also can we talk about the fact that the bible was in public schools at all like what the fuck is going on of
0: course it was you know like i'm not i'm not shocked by that at all yeah the whole freedom of religion thing we
2: don't really have
1: separation of church and state it was correct
0: freedom to be religious uh Freedom to be some variety of Christian.
1: Yes. Cafeteria Christian, as it were. Because you get to pick and choose what you want.
0: There you go. The <laughs> I like that. Have you guys not heard that phrase? I think I have, and I don't think I ever really un- understood uh, what it meant.
1: Yeah, they would use that as like an insult in Catholic school, because it's like, c- you can't be a cafeteria Catholic. Like You have to take the whole thing or nothing at all. Like You can't just pick and choose what you want.
2: Yeah, I like it. Well, then, I'm not Catholic.
0: I, I never was. <laughs> I mean, I also made that decision, so... <laughs> I've never been, never pretended to be, never tried to be. Okay, so Bishop
1: Kenrick, he wrote this letter asking that the Catholic kids be allowed to read their Bible and the Protestant kids be allowed to read their Bible. The Board of Controllers decided that individual parents could select which Bible their children would use for class according to their, like, religious preference, which you would think would be fine spoiler it's not as a response nativists twisted kenrick's words around and made claims that his letter attacked the king james bible which further pissed off the uh, anti-catholic like movement so they're stoking the flames of this like anti-catholic sentiment with this situation so roughly a year later we're now in 1843 there was an incident. Here's what actually happened. And then I'll tell you what the rumor was that happened. So what actually happened is Hugh Clark, he's a Catholic school director in the suburb of Kensington. He visits a girls' school and found that several students had chose to leave a Bible reading class So they could read from a different Bible version. So presumably the Catholic students left to read their own Bible. Hugh Clark suggests that if the Bible has caused so much confusion, maybe they shouldn't be reading it in schools. That's Hmm. his comment.
0: Okay. I tend to agree with that. So the rumor
1: was that Hugh Clark visits a girls' school, saw them reading, quote, the wrong Bible. So the King James Bible, because he's Mm. Catholic. Okay. And demanded that the principal stop allowing Bible reading in school altogether. It's either our Bible or no Bible. Right. And the principal refused, saying she would rather lose her job than change the Bible. So now this principal's a hero for the nativist community. And the nativists are, again, claiming that Catholics, with direct assistance from Pope Gregory Sixteenth, by the way, we're trying to remove the Bible from schools altogether.
0: That's what they were doing, right? They said no Bible.
1: Well, he said, look, if it's confusing, maybe we shouldn't do this. But he didn't go to the principal and demand that they take that everybody like remove the Bible. No, no God in school, et cetera, et cetera.
2: Yeah. The reality is that it was like, how about instead of two different Bibles, we just like don't do it. But right. the message that was being distributed was like they were just right. angry at using the wrong Bible. Right, were trying to retaliate.
1: Exactly. So, so that's all the background leading up to these riots. That's that's where we stand. Okay, got it. All right. Fast forward to May eighteen forty four. The riots. Dun dun dun. A- all right. May third. The nativists, known at this point as, I shit you not, the American Republican Party, held a meeting in the super Irish section of Kensington. They are literally called the American Republican Party.
0: I mean, it meant something different back then.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, didn't the term Republican... That like Republican uh, yeah, and Democrat but it's kind of the switched. beginning of like some Tea Party bullshit over here, yeah. like, But it's also like,
1: why are they so politically moved? Right to begin with. Okay, so they're in the super Irish Catholic section of Kensington. They're basically like the KKK going to Harlem to throw a rally. Like that's essentially the comparison here. <laughs> so, how did it go? You know, not great. The Catholics in the area were not thrilled. Obviously, they started throwing shit at the speakers that were on stage, and eventually the nativists retreated. So everyone thinks that that's the end of it.
0: It's not. I'm guessing it's not. It's not, and that's the end of my segment. <laughs> do 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 to do to do, do do. Thanks for listening.
1: Okay, fast forward three days to May sixth, and the nativists are back in larger numbers. It starts raining, so they decide to move their rally to a nearby market where the local Catholics immediately start to fight them because it's, like, still a Catholic neighborhood. When the conflict eventually spilled into the streets outside of the market, Catholics shot at the nativists from their windows of the surrounding buildings. The nativist mob then moved to the seminary of Sisters of Charity and to several Catholic homes and attacked all of them, which is, you know, not a good PR move to attack the the nuns.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I,
1: I, Why don't I they need a better publicist, I just want to recommend it. Where were the cops you might be asking? Where were the cops, Tracy? Where were the cops?: I'm so glad you asked. At the time, most of the suburbs of Philly were, were policed by elected constables and part-time watchmen. So this meant that the constable has to reach out to the sheriff who essentially recruits volunteers who want to beat people up. It's not like an established staffed police force. No. But explained like that, it's basically the same as modern policing, except with a paycheck. It's fine.
0: (laughs) I heard recently that the fire, the way the fire stations used to work was like somebody called the main firehouse or whatever. And then it essentially was a phone tree where they would just like wake each other up in the middle of the night. So it took hours to get to a fire kind of sounds kind of like that just yeah that's kind of what's going on here see who's willing to wake up and deal with this kind of thing and you get what you get and it's going to be very delayed yeah you got a gun let's go
2: i think it might even still be kind of like that in smaller or like rural communities where like people don't stay at the firehouse
0: yeah They just get
2: alerted at home and and have to hurt. But it's not like a
0: phone tree where one person (laughs) calls the next, calls the next, calls the next. It's like a blasted out text message at this point, probably.
1: Yeah, I would imagine at this point. This particular night,
0: the volunteers showed up with
1: billy clubs and they were pretty useless in controlling the crowd. They showed up with billy clubs to like a knife and gun fight, basically. So they were pretty useless. Hmm. All in all, three to four nativists, depending on which account you listen to, were killed, and many were injured on both sides of the riot. So it's the next day, May 7th. The nativists are now calling on the Philadelphia community to fight against, quote, the bloody hand of the Pope, unquote. Mm. The nativist mob marched back into Kensington, setting fire to a fire station, 30 homes, and the marketplace from the night before. This incident killed Joseph Rice, a bystander and the only known Catholic casualty. The local Pennsylvania militia, led by General uh, George Cadwallader, (laughs) (laughs) who we're just going to call the caddy, came and dispersed the crowd. So after this incident, the Pope issues a statement from Rome calling for Catholics to avoid violence and confrontations. May 8th, the next day. The nativists come back again and burn down both the seminary of the Sisters of Charity and St. Michael's Catholic Church in Kensington. Then the Pennsylvania uh, militia showed up to contain like the fire and the riot. Meanwhile, nativists also sent a mob to Philadelphia proper, like in the city, gathering in front of St. Augustine's Catholic Church. City troops met the nativist mob at St. Augustine's with the mayor, and the mayor starts pleading with the crowd to, like, remain calm. But in true Philly fashion, the nativists threw rocks at the mayor, ignored the troops, and burned down the church. As you do. Rioters reportedly cheered as the steeple fell to the ground, and St. Augustine's had to be reconstructed in 1847. And then I got off on a little tangent here, because the St. Augustine's friars sued the city of philadelphia for eighty thousand dollars in damages which is 2.9 million in today's money uh claiming that the city did not provide adequate protection for the church building they ended up settling for forty five thousand, which is 1.5 million in today's money to reconstruct the church now it's time for tracy trivia (laughs) trivia about tracy What is significant about St. Augustine's church to the Lucas slash Withrow slash Ambrose family? Your parents got married there. They did. Oh, yeah. They did. It's also Mimi's church. Mimi, my grandmother, for all the listeners. And that was where Mimi told me that she would plan my wedding and throw my wedding for me. well, Well, that didn't happen. It didn't. But she had this whole like. Because Mimi's dead. Mimi's dead. (laughs) Too soon, Liz. (laughs) Too soon. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's talk about the aftermath. So, damages included 14 dead, 50 injured, 20 fled their homes, $150,000 in damages, which is $5.5 million in today's money. Shit.
0: Yeah.
1: The mayor had to send military protection to Catholic churches around the city, and valuables were removed and stored for safe- safekeeping in parishioners' homes. Bishop Kenrick canceled masses for that Sunday, which was four days later, and asked for Catholics not to retaliate, saying that the law would take care of it. Three guesses as to whether the law took care of it.
0: No. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. also go with no.
1: So... Because there is never any justice in the world, a grand jury the following month blamed Irish Catholics and an imperfect response from law enforcement for the riots. The American Republican Party issued a statement blaming the mayor, the sheriff and civil authorities for the riot. So that's the end of the story, right?
0: I'm guessing no. No. Nope. I'm guessing it's going to be no. July
1: 1844. Riots. Part two. (laughs) <laughs> duh. <laughs> duh. That's my French, obviously. Yes. Flawless. More like a duh. duh. Flawless. July 3rd. Father John Patrick Dunn of the Church of St. Philip neary in the suburb of Southwark was warned that his church might be attacked by the again, this is the real name of the party. Native American Party during their independence day celebration the next day and it couldn't be more maga if we tried <laughs> i will henceforth refer to them only as nap nap because they are not stealing this from the indigenous peoples okay in response the catholic church applied for an arsenal in case the building was attacked the next day because apparently back then you had to apply to the government to stockpile weapons which i didn't realize because murica like what?
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. The governor authorized the formation of a company and 25 muskets for those troops, who were led by Major General Robert Patterson, which I originally read as Pattinson, and now all I can think of is vampires. <laughs> <laughs> they ended up sending back five of the muskets because they were defective, so they sent them back to the arsenal to be repaired. That's 20%. In- yes.
0: it's a lot of defective muskets.
1: Yeah, you know, it was the eighteen hundreds,
0: shit didn't work.
1: <laughs> okay. So nothing happens on Independence Day. So they're like, all right, cool, we're in the clear. Nope. July fifth. Some nativist activists saw the soldiers return to the church with the five repaired muskets, and they were pissed. So a mob of thousands of nativists demanded that the showed up at the church and demanded that the sheriff remove the weapons from the building. As a compromise, the sheriff removed 12 of the muskets, then asked the crowd to disperse. They weren't thrilled. The nativists then demanded to search the church themselves, and when they did, they were escorted by the sheriff and the troops. The search party stayed within the church, while Major General Patterson, a.k.a. Team Edward, ordered troops to physically dispersed the crowd shortly after midnight. So the arms were removed from the church after the crowd left. So there's still these nativists inside the church at this point. And they're kind of being held as like, semi-hostages? Yeah, hostages. Okay. July 6th, the next day. By midday, the nativist mob had returned and were refusing military orders to disperse. Throughout the evening, The military would try to clear the streets and the nativists would, you know, throw rocks at them again. Our friend Caddy was particularly pissed off about the rocks and he ordered a full ass cannon to be shot at the mob. Hmm, That's a way to respond. Just like in the streets (laughs) of Philadelphia. It's fine. It was on like Third Street. (laughs) Like,
0: okay, NBD. It's fine. Yeah. It'll work. Yeah. I mean,
1: it didn't not work. So, it's like driving a car through a mob. Yeah, you know, terrorism is it comes in a lot of forms. You know,
0: a la Charlottesville.
1: Yes. So anyone who was arrested on the nativist side was held as a hostage inside the church, including U.S. Congressman Charles Naylor, who I found very little information on, but sounds like a douche. Uh, <laughs> just, just by his name. Just by association. Just by association with like the nativist mob, because he was there being like, fuck the Catholics. So, like
2: elected officials on on January 6th. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's a douche. Anyway, July 7th, the next day, the troops are heading home at this point for reasons unknown. I don't know why they're leaving. Uh, The nativist mob started demanding the release of Congressman Naylor. To, to piss them off, the Catholics release everyone but Naylor, just for funsies. <laughs> the nativists decide at this point to bring their own cannon into the mix, and they start threatening to shoot at the church. Where did they it's, get a cannon? I, uh, I, don't, I don't know where anyone's getting cannons, TBH. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the cannon
1: store? but I mean, the military, I understand, but like they probably took it from like the wharf or something, I would imagine. I mean, it's right there. Not guarded? No security on the cannons? I mean, maybe they just didn't anticipate this kind of shit. Although at this point, it's been going on for days, so I don't know. Yeah. Someone dropped the ball
0: on this. Somebody brought a cannon. It's fine. Yeah. Concealed cannon. It's fine. How do you conceal a cannon? No, I was playing Under a tarp.
1: (laughs) Obvi. Pay no attention to the cannon behind the curtain. It's fine. There you go. (laughs) So Naylor was eventually released, at which point the nativists started shooting at the church with the cannon. The mob forced its way into the church and caused massive amounts of damage to the building itself as the violence ensued on both sides. By that evening, the troops had returned and started firing their weapons at the nativist crowd. The crowd retaliated with homemade weapons like nails, chains, knives, and broken bottles. The fighting died down early on the morning of July 8th, ending the riots completely. All told, it's uh, 15 dead, 50 people injured, 5,000 troops deployed to protect the church in the days following, and a grand jury again found the Irish Catholics to be at fault for the riots, but this time they praised the law enforcement response. So you may be wondering, what is the reason for all this? What are the consequences of this riot? I'm so confused. There were none. Well, there were a few. So the 18, so 1844 happened to be an election year. James Polk defeated Henry Clay in the general election. And Democrats condemned the Knapp, basically the 1800s Tea Party in this sense, and the Whigs, which is essentially the 1800s GOP. Nap had a strong showing in the local Philly elections, so, you know, it was postured as, like, this was a political move in order to grab power. Okay. Mm-hmm. It had an effect on law enforcement. In 1845, so a year, a year later, the following year, the PA General Assembly passed an act that required Philly and several of its suburbs to keep one cop for every 150 taxable inhabitants. In 1850, so five years later, they passed another act commanding the Philadelphia Police Force to police the city as well as seven of its outer districts. So it basically led to the formation of the Philly Police. Hmm. That makes the Philly Police one of the oldest municipal police forces, the fourth largest police force, and the sixth largest non-federal law enforcement agency in the U.S. The riots also affected the city itself. The inability to maintain order during the riots and in subsequent years led to the consolidation of the city in 1854. And after the riots, Bishop Kenrick stopped trying to work with public schools. He was like, fuck that. And established the school system for the Roman Catholic Archdiocese of Philadelphia. Today, the system includes 60 schools, which includes 11 high schools. And one in every 10 students in Philadelphia attends a Catholic school.
2: I wonder how that compares to other places like Boston. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, Because, like, in my neighborhood was very Irish Catholic. And, mm -hmm. like, if you meet somebody else from Dorchester, like, oh, what, what part of Boston are you from? And you say Dorchester, the immediate oh, what follow-up do you go to? question yeah it's what parish are you from yeah. because everybody belonged to
1: a particular parish that's i mean that's the way erie is on a much smaller scale yeah so yeah that's the catholic wars you guys so
2: can we go back to what you said about they consolidated the city what exactly mm-hmm. does that mean
1: well it was sprawling like it had just like a lot of suburbs that kind of worked as their own town. And so because these riots encompassed so many of the suburbs like Kensington and Southwark and like all of those, they decided that in order to create a police force that could keep all of these communities safe, they needed to consolidate the city under one government.
0: Okay. Oh, okay. Gotcha.
2: So it wasn't like shrinking the footprint of Philadelphia. It was actually kind of encompassing.
1: It was consolidating larger government, basically. Like making, putting all of the residents under one umbrella, as opposed to like several different kind of city states, you know, working. Gotcha. Yeah. They kind of uh, created what the federal government is to the states. They did that for Philly.
0: All right, that makes sense. So, that's that. Catholics are nuts, man.
1: Yeah. Actually, just yeah, religion is nuts, man. Protestants are nuts. <laughs> They're all nuts. I mean, yeah. Like, organized religion, man. <laughs> yeah, just religion is nuts. Mm-hmm. If you want to hear us rant about religion more and more often than you know you have in your daily life you can listen to harpy hour on smooth itunes spotify google play stitcher tune in and iHeart radio wherever you listen please rate us and leave us a holy review what parish
2: are you from tell us about it on social media you can follow us on facebook instagram and twitter at harpy and you can email us at
0: and we are also on Patreon. So if you work in a church and collect donations and don't know what to do with that donation money,
1: <laughs> don't get it to your church. <laughs> Please send us your, your collection plate. You could send it, it to us it.
0: so that we can continue ranting about religion. <laughs>
2: Please say at least bypass that actual crime and just <laughs> don't give your money to the church at all. Just give it to us
0: or, yeah. or do that. Yeah, that's and fine. Accept
1: it directly. Again. <laughs>
0: We don't care if the money is criminal. We just don't want to hear about it.
1: Yeah, don't tell us how you got it.
0: We will not have your back in a court of law.
2: You're just specifically instructing them to commit the crime. So (laughs) I just wanted to take a different route with that. I just said,
0: if you are doing that and you don't know what to do with that money. I didn't say you should be doing it. I'm saying if you're doing it.
1: If you want to commit a financial crime... If you've already committed the financial crime and you're just like, what, what do I do now? What's the next step?
0: Yeah. What do I do with all of this money that I've mm-hmm. squealed people out of? Yeah. I
1: mean, that's reasonable.
0: Right. Again, I'm not telling you to do it. Saying if you're doing it. <laughs> there you go. It's
1: a very specific audience we're reaching here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. Okay, okay,
1: okay, bye, bye. bye. Praise be. Amen.